Welcome back to the What's Your More podcast. I'm your host, Quentin Harris, and I'm joined with my co-host, Daniel Halverson, today for our monthly mortgage lending update. And uh, here we are kicking off the new year. We've got a lot to talk about. You know, we've been doing this for close to 18 months now, and uh, a lot of things have been right. We've had a few things that have been delayed and some that have been wrong, but uh, nonetheless, hot topic for the new year. You know, we kind of saw the December slump and then the January jump in rates. And uh, here we are to kind of talk about a forecast of, you know, multiple people's and, uh you know, forecasts they put out there from NARD, Fannie Mae, and Mortgage Backs, excuse me, Mortgage Bankers Association, as well as, you know, local other banks that are putting stuff out there as well. So let's just kind of jump right into it here. And Dan, take us away. Rates in 2024. I mean, there's a lot of speculation all over the board. And one thing 23 taught us is that if you have a forecast, it's probably not going to be right. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, so I was doing a little bit of research here on rate forecasts and also um, home sales. And, you know, it's funny, Some sometimes you can't even get a forecast. So I don't know if for some people, if, you know, or some companies that the data is just not available yet for the end of 2023 with the home sales. But I think that uh, the forecast that we have seen so far this year, there's been a much wider range of rate forecasts than maybe what we saw uh, last year. So I don't know if that's just uh, a matter of maybe some folks got it wrong or there's just so much uncertainty with, with what's going to happen. <laughs> but uh, I think no one got it right in 23. There wasn't a single person that got that right. There was multiple revisions as the year went on, but no one no one got it out the gate right. Yeah, I didn't, see, I didn't see any us. eights. I didn't see any eights. But anyway, yeah, I just think it's a helpful kind of, a, I think it's an interesting thing to look at and we'll maybe come back at the end of, end of the year as we head into next year and see who was right, who was wrong. But um, yeah, as we move into the new year, obviously rates have been the hot topic for a while. So we just pulled some data to see uh, what you know folks smarter than us think is going to happen with rates. And for the most part, you know the lowest the lowest one that I saw uh, was bank rate. And uh, they have economists; they probably pull some of their other data from elsewhere. But they came in and said rates would be at five seven five by the end of twenty twenty four. So obviously, we like that forecast the best. Yeah. Uh, the rest of them were you know, NAR uh, was right at six percent. Uh, MBA was was a little bit higher than that at six point one, and then Fannie Mae was six and a half, which ironically is about where we're at right now, mm-hmm. uh, give or take just a little bit. So, uh, and they made their forecast probably about thirty forty five days ago. So you wonder if their forecast is is going to change based on the fact that rates have already seen a little bit of a dip. But you know, rates. Are going to come down if these forecasts are correct. We can expect rates to come down, you know, for the most part outside of Fannie Mae, about a half point to maybe even more than that. Uh, and if we did get into the fives, obviously that could do a lot to uh, to help springboard the housing market here. Uh, but I thought it was relatively consistent, and you know, for folks hoping that rates absolutely fall off a cliff, um, yeah, you know, really didn't appear that anybody's necessarily forecasting that. So it seems like we're going to be living in a range comparable to where we're at right now. Um, and one that I left out, Wells Fargo as well. Obviously, they big player in the mortgage space, and they came in at 6% as well. So kind of some uniformity with some some minor variations, but nobody's expecting a, you know, a, a collapse into the into the fours or into the low fives by any means. So we're going to share our forecast at the end of this, and we're going to spend some time on rates and why we think they are where they are. You know, but when I look at this, to your point, there's it's a really tight knit fitting of where this is, right? It's it's really congested and no one's really jumping off a plank here, really putting themselves out there. And I think that's because 23 makes everybody gun shy. And, uh, you know, one thing I learned from 23 and I've heard it from a couple of other people is if you have a forecast, throw it out the window, get rid of it because you should be looking at real time data and updating that forecast monthly, which is uh, what we're going to continue to do on this podcast, as well as on these lending updates here. 
But I think the one outlook that you could look at that you don't really have to update it much is going to be home sales because of the inventory situation. I mean, we know we have an inventory situation. It hasn't gotten better. And uh, we know that the years to come, it's going to take to get it better to meet the demand. And the one way we measure demand on a weekly basis is mortgage applications, right? It's specifically the purchase side of the mortgage applications, which is an index that comes from the MBA. So that demand coupled with the lack of inventory is why I think the outlook for the home sales and the inventory is going to hold true here. So we've, we've got quite a few of them, same players, but kind of go through them here and to kind of explain what we're looking at as far as home sales. Numbers yeah, look great, of, by the way. A lot of the same players and we don't have the finalized numbers for 2023 yet, but it's anticipated that nationwide home sales are going to land somewhere around 4.1 million, uh, which 4 million is kind of a baseline of, if we were to go considerably below that, that would be a surprise. 4 million is a number that generally holds over time. Obviously during uh, years preceding this, 2020 and 2021, we were much higher than that. Sure. But you're basically closing the year around 4.1. And depending on what you look at, Realtor.com was the only one that came in at 4 million. Uh, but uh, but NAR came in at 4.7, Fannie Mae 4.8, and then NBA thinks 5.2 million. But the reason that I thought that was uh, a, an interesting thing to include here was from an interest rate standpoint, right now we're about where we started last year. And obviously we had a spike in rates. Um, that you know towards Q3 Q4 of 2023 but you know the rate outlook is not considerably better i'd say it's better it's not considerably better but the home sales number is somewhat significantly better sure. so is that a sign of we expect that more stability in interest rates is going to lead to more um, home sales or we're just thinking that you know those rates going into the sevens and pushing eight had that big of an of, of an impact on the market so I uh, just thought it was interesting that the outlook for overall transactions is up a good bit, despite the fact that we're not expecting rates to come off a cliff by any means and move considerably lower. I mean, you could be looking at the fact that people are settling in, right, to the rate. They just have become numb. We're not hearing that eight anymore. So sixes you can kind of live with. You also got to take in consideration, you know, we talk about demand and demand is measured in the form of applications, but there's also generational waves coming on board that are, you know, saying, hey, listen, you know, the average first time home buyer went from 33 to 35 years old, right? But that doesn't mean people that are, you know, 28 to 34 aren't buying homes, right? So it's, it's all about the timing in your life when things happen. We know those household formations take place at the age of 26. That's saying, hey, listen, I'm going to move out of mom and dad's house at the age of 26. And that's new household formation. So there's people between those age groups, you know, they could be adding to that additional demand and maybe buying up some of these homes that are being built or completed, whether it's a uh, townhome, condo, multiplex, I mean, let's go on up prefab homes. I mean, those are getting built a lot faster than your traditional build. And we're seeing that really, you know, show up in other marketplaces, some more you know, robust than others. So there just could be additional quick inventory added that's being gobbled up to. Plus, we do know that the builder's lag time from 23 starts to show up in 24. So maybe some of that's being built up and getting vertical and being purchased. Yeah. Maybe that can be added to the to the demand there of that. All good points, but encouraging nonetheless to look at these forecasts and see a little bit more stability in rates, hopefully a little bit lower rates and transactions up. So as we move into this year, pumping a little bit of optimism yeah. into the housing market here. One thing that we'll have probably the next... Uh, maybe February, maybe March is uh, 2023's appreciation data from a number of different data sources, but that data lags. Sometimes it's a month, sometimes it's a quarter. So uh, most of that data hasn't rolled in for 2023 yet where we can f say definitively where these different data sources landed with annual home appreciation. But that number is 
considerably better than what I think a lot of the forecasts were going into 2023. And from what I've seen so far, a lot of the 2024 forecasts are lower than what 2023 was. So it'd be interesting to see um, if we do see a little bit less by way of home appreciation while still positive or uh, if that number beats expectations again. Yeah. And I mean, to your point, we saw a little dip in December and look what that did from, you know, a production standpoint for our industry. We can say effectively now we know a lot of lenders were up in December and a lot of it had to do with just a little bit of that dip, which is currently where the rates are right now, maybe just right in, or excuse me, what the forecast is going to be was right in that line. So, you know, it's definitely moving the needle. So maybe that's, maybe that's calling it. So, this is the time of year we like to kind of remind people there's two things that you should do, you know, when you're filing taxes. If you live in a state where homestead has to be filed, this is a time when you want to do it. Typically before March, you want to get that homestead filed so you take advantage of that in your next tax year. But we also kind of reach out to self-employed borrowers because this is the time of year you're going to be discussing strategies with your CPA. And one of the things that we take a look at is sometimes we get left out of that strategy and they go to get pre-approved and it's like, hey, well, what your income is not what we're talking about. And it's because you're deducting everything. We totally get that. All we're saying is, you know, hey, listen, if you're self-employed and that's really anyone that's 1099 or you own your own business, hey, we're talking to you right now. Here's here's some thoughts you might want to think about going to 2024. Well, obviously we're not tax professionals. We don't sure. uh, we don't tell people how to file their taxes, but for, for a lot of self-employed um, individuals, there's, there's certainly a um, kind of a song and dance of, showing deductions and also showing enough income to buy a house. So I think that uh, a lot of times the self-employed folks find themselves, if depending on how those taxes looked for 2022, they found themselves essentially potentially waiting an entire year. Um, So it's just a gentle reminder that if you're self-employed and you're in the market to purchase a home this year, it's probably a good time to get with a mortgage professional, see where you might land based on what you're anticipating for income and kind of talk through that to make sure that you don't um, overdo things with deductions or structure your taxes in a way that's going to leave you on the sidelines for another year, given that, you know, if you, if you waited, if you had to wait it out through all of 2023, you missed another, uh, you're, you're going to be paying potentially five, 6% more for the, for the same home this year. Yep. Um, So it's just a, it's a reminder along with the fact that in the event that some, some people don't qualify from a, uh, traditional loan standpoint with tax returns, there are other options out there where you can look at uh, bank statements, 1099s, profit and loss statements. Uh, but obviously, for most people, they want the lowest rate possible. And that means showing enough income on the taxes to be able to qualify for what you want. Yeah. So yeah, just a reminder of the self, self-employed self folks out there that there are a lot of good lenders, obviously, plug for Bank of England. We'd, we'd certainly love to speak with those people. But sure. there's a lot of good lenders out here. there that uh, we'd love to take the opportunity to talk through that and make sure that you position yourself where you can succeed and purchase a home as we move into 2024. Yeah, you know, and and we'll be right back after this commercial break here, but I did want to say this. Guys, if you haven't had a chance, Daniel just led the entire podcast right before this one on how to get the best rate possible. And uh, one, thank you for doing that while I was on vacation. And two, it kind of goes hand in hand with what you just talked about as far as loan strategies and maybe following your taxes, even though we're not experts, we can offer some strategies to help you obtain that best rate possible. So if you get a chance, tune in that podcast, episode 128, Daniel killed it on that. And you also see our YouTube channel at What's Your One More with the number one. So we'll be right back after this break. 
I've been in the lending business for 20 years. I've seen many different lenders. During those 20 years, I recognized there's a difference between being an originator and an advisor. The team at Bank of England is full of advisors. They take their time to understand your needs. They take the time to structure a mortgage for you and your family. And I cannot recommend them enough. If you're in the market to purchase a home, maybe it's a second home, maybe it's an investment property, or you're looking to refinance your current property that you live in, take a minute to work with the advisors at Bank of England Mortgage. They're a nationwide lender and you can find your local branch at boemortgage.com because it's more than loans, it's people. Thanks so much for letting us give a shout out to our sponsor. All right, now back to the podcast. So now that we took a little time to understand the rate forecast and some strategies for self-employed borrowers, on our next episode, we're going to do a deep dive on the interest rates, why we think they're going to be where they are, and how we derived that point, as well as talk about the labor market, because there's some things going on there that are very, very interesting, but also more importantly, that, you know, as Daniel's going to bring up on the show here, they're just not 100% accurate at this time, and that's why we think it's going to lead to a softening of the labor market, plus also reduction in interest rates on the next episode. Daniel, thanks for being on the show, as always. Guys, if you like this podcast, Please five-star review it, share it, Apple, Amazon, Google, and then uh, leave some comments. We always love getting the comments, and it uh, always helps us rank the show on here as well. And uh, we've got some wonderful guests coming up here in the first quarter, and uh, we're just kicking it off with Daniel here to start the year. So, Daniel, thanks again for your time, and guys, thanks for tuning in to What's Your One More. I got one more shot, I'm going to make it. One more chance, I'm going to take it. I meant it when I said it, now it's time for me to do it. I got one life to live, so I put them all into it, yeah.